Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and I am returning to you about. Oh my god, I can't talk today. We day are, four. Day, we are recording on day four. We're going to talk about day three at Fantastic yes. Fest. And so I am here with Barb Lind, who has been uh, filling in for Windy since. I'm Windy... trying my best to be Windy. It's, <laughs> uh, it's very big shoes to fill. But you are doing an okay. excellent job I'm, I'm of doing being it you. Okay. I'm doing you, it okay. I want you to be you. <laughs> that is why you are here. You're not another Wendy. You are Barb. Oh. And we love you, Barb. Could you imagine if we had more than one Wendy? Good Lord, I don't think the world could take it. That'd be great, though. Right. Um, by the way, uh, did you want any water? If you want some water, that is nice and cool. <laughs> right now, we are Such sitting a nice at... house. We are... <laughs> <laughs> We're outside. We're next outside. To a bar. That's the music probably. In yeah, the you're, you can hear "Day the Music Died" in the background, and um, also, yeah, we're like sitting across from the Alamo Draft House. It is a hundred and two outside. It is fucking miserable, but we're yeah. having a great time once we get into the theaters, which are nice and air conditioned. Uh, mostly, most, mostly. Yes, there was. They've had some challenges. There was at least two screenings yesterday that the same theater did not have air conditioning. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. Gross. Yep. All right, so real quick, we only have like 15 minutes to record right now, but we'll try to get through talking about uh, day three. Yes. So first of all, I was the one, only one out of our group who had a uh, 11 a.m. slot, so I will talk about that. Yeah. It is a film called One Percenter, and uh, I really fucking loved it. Uh, One Percenter is a Japanese movie that, it's it's a martial arts movie, and the concept is there's this... uh, action movie star who is like the real deal kind of like Tom Cruise you know he yeah. actually burns everything and does he's actually all. he actually does it all but you know in terms of of fighting in movies and so like he could legitimately be you know a, a super soldier of some sort mm-hmm. you know uh, but realistically so he, he's a master of his craft excellent and he doesn't believe in movie fighting. He wants Ooh, real fighting. Yeah. But uh, this person is played by Takasakaguchi, who is one of my favorite Japanese martial artists. Because he's been in a lot of things I really like. I mean, that's what made me a fan. So anyway, this movie uh, features this character uh, who is, of course, uh, given a chance to do a micro-budget movie on his own terms. And he has scouted this location that is this abandoned power plant on an island. And of course, when he gets there with the one other guy who is helping him, uh, he finds that, first of all, there's another film crew already filming there. A really cheap-ass martial arts thing. But also, there's Yakuza. So... (laughs) 
you can pretty much imagine where it goes from there. And uh, the movie yeah. does have some ad additional uh, little tricks to up its sleeve, just in terms of plots. Ooh. And there's interesting characters, and you know whatever. The action, the the martial arts choreography is absolutely fucking baller. Nice. And it's of a style that's not really seen very much these days. A lot of times when you do martial arts in movies, it's kung fu. Because yeah. kung fu is showy, but not very practical. Right. But uh, this movie is based on Jeet Kune Do, which is the martial art that was developed by Bruce Lee. Oh. And it is fast, it is really clipped, and very purposeful, and, and it's all about uh, exerting a lot of force from a very short distance away. Yeah. So... It, it's fascinating to watch. So I really enjoyed One Percenter. Um, I imagine it will get international distribution. Awesome. And then... I'm seeing it in the second half. Oh, good. So I'm excited. To, oh, good. The, good, so good, good. That makes me happy. But I'm, I love when I hear that a movie I have ready and in my pocket is good. Yeah. So uh, uh, after the movie, they did a Q&A. The Q&A being actually uh, Jeet Kune Do. Uh, demonstration. Ooh. So Takasakaguchi was here, which blew my mind. <laughs> it's Takasakaguchi, and uh, the guy who plays like the 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 bad guy, yeah. uh, top of his game, martial mm -hmm. artist, and they face off at the end. Uh, the quote bad guy is um, an actual Jiquendo master, not not a actor, but oh. an actual Jiquendo. And this guy did a demo where uh, they brought up a, a wooden board yeah. to do the board break thing. Yeah. Board breaks are not that hard. I can do board breaks. I am not a good martial artist, but I can do them. You just have to know. It, part of it is like the, the fulcrum point. Yeah you, yeah. yeah, you hold on the sides and then you punch in the middle and it breaks. Um, this guy took a table and he just balanced the wood on end just so, so there was nothing. So it was standing up. Nobody was supporting it in any way, and he just went boop, and it flew across the room, broke in half, and there was a dent in it, a fist-shaped dent in this piece of wood. It was amazing to see. And then, of oh. course, there was like sparring, and and it was awesome. And our friend Sammy was their translator. Oh, fun! So I went into the main theater because I was in the simulcast theater where they were showing the Q&A. But after the q and I went to the main theater and they were still in there and they were chatting. I'm like, yes, I have seen Takasakikuchi with my own eyes. That's amazing. And after uh, a few minutes, uh, Sammy spied me and she goes, do you want to meet him? And I went, <gasps> so I now have a completely awkward photo of me yes. with Tak Sakaguchi <laughs> and the Jeet Kune Do Master and Sammy. And it makes me so happy. Yay. It's so it's so awkward, but it's great. Aww. <laughs> that's I'm like so happy. I'm, that's like one of my favorite things about Fantastic Fest is you get these weird opportunities where you're just like, yeah. ah, ah, well, I'm, can I picture? Well, like uh, yesterday, also just outside of the theater, uh, the director of Cockneys vs. Zombies is here, and that's Aww. one of one of my uh, you know one of my early Fantastic Fest uh, uh, happiness movies. Yay. And uh, I'm like, oh, hi, I like your movies. Welcome back. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, he's here with the new movie this year, uh, documentary, if I remember right. But anyway. 
moving on. Uh, our uh, number two slot, I, I already talked for quite a bit, uh, you saw the first secret screening. I did. I saw the first secret screening. Um, there's always like speculation of like, oh, it's probably going to be this. This is going to be released soon. It's probably going to be that. These people have done stuff before and it's releasing in the next couple of months, so we'll probably get that. Um, it was Saltburn. Yeah. Um, which, as far as I know, uh-huh. no one had on like their radar of a potential... Yeah. Secret screening. Well, the 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 woman who directed it is the woman behind uh, was it Portrait of Lady on Fire? Um, uh, no, Promising Young, Young woman. woman. Sorry, yeah. sorry, mixed those up. Yep. Sorry. Yes. Um, well, no, because that because like it makes a lot of sense because right. like as we were waiting for it, there was a gal sitting next to us, and she I was like, oh, what are you gonna go see? And she was like. I actually don't know. I have a friend who is, like, staff, and she happened to have, like, an extra free badge, and they had, like, specifically requested to, like, have guests be women, and so I was invited, and so I'm here, and and I was like, oh, it sounds like you're seeing the secret screening, yeah. and she was like, oh, yeah, that's what it's called, Okay. Um, and I was like, that's great, I'm so excited, and she was like, is that the, the name? Of the movie. No. <laughs> and I just had to giggle and I was like, oh, you really have zero clue what you're yeah. doing here. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, no, no, no. It is, in fact, a completely secret movie that you don't know what you're seeing until they introduce it and, yep. like, roll film. Right. Um, and so, so. Surprise! Saltburn. Oh, God. And it was so good. It was oh, yeah. so good. Like. Love to hear that. It's really really hard to describe it because like you've got this school age early 2000s kind of college like freshman college kind of high school private school um Mm -hmm. thing that's going on and this kid is is he in love is he obsessed does he just want him to be his best friend like it's it's very kind of ambiguous in that way and you don't right. really know All right. All right. um but then like it follows like their growing and budding friendship and like he gets invited to go to saltburn which is the family estate nice um and and for the summer and so you see things unfold and it's nice oh just so good it's it's so good mm-hmm. i I, I, I will admit there was a couple people that were talking about, like, oh, I think it's going to be this, I think it's going to be that. Um, and there's a couple options where, like, hey, if it's a, if it's that thing, I don't want to see it because, like, that's too scary for me. Um, and so I was very pleased because it's, like, a psychological thriller, horror, very tense. Nice. Very tense. Nice. Um, but, I, like, oh, man, I loved it. It was oh, so good. It was so good. I'm prob- oh, I'm, I love it. Like, it's going to get a big release. Yeah. Um, but, like, oh, it, I'm going to go see it again. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like when the secret screenings go over well. It's yeah. like, surprise, here's something you didn't know yeah. you were going to love. So. so fun. Yeah. Uh, they don't, I did hear, like, one seating announcement over there, but uh, they're not really uh, seating stuff yet. So I, I think we have a little bit more time. Yes. Um. I in that uh, in that time slot did not see a movie. 
Oh. I went to see a live performance. Yes, you did. Yeah, every once in a while, a Fantastic Fest will, you know, just uh, have a live performer. Like many years ago, they had Jeffrey Combs in to do his one-man Edgar Allan Poe show, which oh. was absolutely fucking phenomenal and one of the best things I've seen here in all my years. Uh, but this time, it was my friend John Heimbuch from... Uh, from Minneapolis had come down here this is his first time at Fantastic Fest and what he's been doing lately is he's been performing uh, a couple of old epic pieces of poetry Mm -hmm. so uh, in his repertoire currently are Beowulf and Gilgamesh Mm -hmm. and he performed Beowulf yesterday now I've seen him do Beowulf before and to backtrack a little, both Beowulf and Gilgamesh, uh, the the scripts he's working from were uh, written by Charlie Beth- Bethel, who is no longer with us. He passed away in uh, 20, 2017, but he used to tour and do these shows, these one-man shows, and they were wonderful. And when he passed away, John had gone to the family and asked it for permission oh. to carry on the tradition of Charlie's scripts. Nice. So he's been building up his repertoire from Charlie's stuff. And so Beowulf was yesterday, and I've seen him perform it on Zoom during the pandemic, uh, but I'd never seen him do it live. And and it's it's so great live, because it's, it's like how people would have heard this sort of tale. Mm-hmm. Way back. A thousand years ago. Yeah, you know, just somebody sitting by the fire, perhaps a tanker to veil, and and yes, John did have a beer on stage with him. And uh, the the show was about an hour long, and it just zooms by. He's so great at it. And uh, as a footnote, uh, I also saw him do Gilgamesh within the last week, because the night before Fantastic Fest... He was at Rosette in uh, here in Austin, and he did Gilgamesh in front of an audience of about 30 people, and that was great. That was pretty amazing. So, and he's been having fun at the festival too. So yeah, it's been nice to see him around. Aww. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, I still haven't heard any more seating announcements, so let's charge ahead. So. All right. Uh, unless you wanna. Do you want to go? Let's do. Let's do it. Keep okay. Going. Okay. Um, what did you see in number three? I think you said you saw Eileen. I did. So awesome. um, Eileen, it was one that was on my maybe list, um, and it just ended up fitting in nicely into the schedule. Uh-huh. Um, it's the the biggest star is Anne Hathaway, and I was like, yeah, oh, I love Anne. Let's see what she does. Um, but it is the story of Eileen who lives at home with her father who you realize who you find out very quickly is like the old chief of police but like potentially kind of like Alzheimer's or something is going on where he kind of still thinks he's in charge but he's not mm-hmm. and like she has to care for him but he's also a bit of a drunk um, and so and then so she had to come back from college because her mother was dying Mm -hmm. Um, and then she's been working in uh, the local young boys penitentiary is what it kind of like as a secretary Um, and enter Anne Hathaway who is the new um, psychologist okay in in the penitentiary Um, okay and there's 
couple different stories that kind of intertwine, and there's a little bit of a love interest that happens, and it's a really well done, like, character study. Yeah, okay. Um, and there, they, they, I, uh, I can't talk about it because I don't want to, like, spoil anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's done really, really well. And so, like, there's one thing that happens at one point where, like, you think it, like, oh, oh, like, oh, geez, that just happened. And then it's like, oh, that was, like, her pretending or her thinking about it in her, in her head. Okay. Um, and so then, like, flashes back. And there's like, oh, okay, like, you know, like, okay, right. that didn't actually happen. Okay, good. Um, but, like, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. really, it was really well done, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it's just, it's just enjoyable. Yeah. And, like, I, I will say there were, I had a lot of questions at the end. Okay. Because it was not one of those movies that just, like, wraps everything up very nicely, um, which I'm starting to get more and more accustomed to. But it did not take away from any of the journey okay. that you were able, that you, like, were on. You're just like... Because it's one of those, like, you want to be able to continue. Like, right. Okay, but then what happens? Okay, but what happens next? Right. I, like, there's still unanswered questions. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, during that uh, that time slot, I saw Conan. C-O-N-A-N-N. Yeah. It's a woman's name. But Was it Conan or Conan? No. Conan. Okay. Conan. Conan. And it is a... Oh, my God. How do I explain it? It is by the director of After Blue, uh, which was super fucking weird and people loved it. Um, This is super fucking weird and people loved it. This movie is like... um, Our friend Cargill probably put it best when he said it's like Barbarella on mescaline. Except it's French existentialist high art. (laughs) And yet not. So Interesting. I I don't know how to explain the quote plot. Okay. Because it it's kind of dream logic stuff, but um, there's two women apparently in the afterlife, and then there's a dog person who leads one of the women into this room with the other woman who is the the queen of cruelty and barbarity, and it is implied like the the. Uh, the newcomer is vying for the throne in some way. And they're oh. both older women, and and they go into the tale of Conan, at, who is this kind of warrior woman. And they, it, the plot, as as much as it is, it kind of jumps through time. There, There's, like, ancient caveman times. There's the 1980s. There's, uh, there's... World War Two, it just kind of jumps around. Nice. Um, it drifts in and out of black and white and color. Ooh. The the aesthetic of it, there is kind of high artifice. So like when you get to the 1980s, there's like this a giant car where the exterior is kind of it is entirely chromed, but it's molded like it's like it's veins, it, you know, showing through its skin or mm. and like. The woman riding it has this giant sword, and it's on fire, and she's on the hood of the car, and it's screaming down the street, and she has this weird eye makeup, and she's shaved bald, and it's glorious. I mean, the each shot 
is something I want to frame and put on a wall. Oh. It, it has such a gorgeous aesthetic to it. It just kind of, it's just candy for the eyes. And nice. Then, but by the end, it becomes this whole thing about consumption of art and the the interweaving of money and politics into art. And I, but I'm not explaining it very well because by God, how can I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a hell of a thing. And uh, I know Cargill, our, our friend of the podcast, Cargill, uh, like loved it. Like he's been raving about it. It's like my favorite movie all this year. Oh my God, it's oh. amazing. Yeah, it's totally his jam. And I want to see it soon. Again. Yeah, again, again. It's pretty Thanks. wild. So um, I think they're gearing up to d- get some people into theaters now. So yes. we will pause this recording and come back for the rest. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you, dear listeners. We'll be back in a moment. And we are back at our little table in the street to uh, catch up with yet more movies from Fantastic Fest Day 3. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it's already all blurring together. Uh, So I believe you saw Nowhere, Barb, right? Yes. So tell me about nowhere, please. Ah, uh, nowhere. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me get let me get my notes. Okay. <laughs> um, because so nowhere was a um, oh shoot, what is it called? Uh, a re-release, a re reissue, reissue, something along those. So it was um. It's being, like, actually issued on, like, DVD now. Like, oh, okay. it was, like, they didn't, ha- they didn't have it out on DVD. They didn't even have, like, really good copies out on VHS. Okay. Um, and so, like, one of the things that we talked about, because the director um, was there for okay. the post thing, um, and, like, that was a big thing that was discussed, was the fact that, like, in both the pre-chat and the post was the fact that this is now, like, part of it is, like, making it so it's actually accessible and it's not like crappy copies that people have to underhandedly download okay um and so like that was a big reason uh and then what what is the vintage of download (laughs) approximate is fine i have no idea oh okay um because like he was talking about at one point in time he had seen it was off color off sound cut into bits and pieces from like a German distributor and it okay. wasn't even the full movie that he was trying to push on VHS. So it okay. was yeah. Alright, so it has a really crazy yeah, long backstory. Okay. Right. And it's apparently like it is um very much like a queer cult classic. Oh, um okay. which after seeing it makes complete sense. Mm, mm-hmm. Um the the uh, I the thing that really like clinched it for me was the phrase that was used was 90210 on acid because <laughs> it's like okay okay i think i remember seeing this the the pitch in the yeah in the program guide. it's uh it takes place in like the 90s i think potential like just mid 90s i don't know the soundtrack yep. is amazing Fabulous. i mean portis had nine inch nails veruca song like it's it's, it hits everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is following this group of friends and their adventure in going to a house party, basically. Yeah. And, and everything that comes. And it's 
it's a lot of different stuff because you're following ten different people and their stories intertwine and they run across each other, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it is a freaking veritable who's who of everyone. Yeah. Like, um, baby Heather Graham, Ryan oh, Phillippe. Wow. Um, baby, baby Mina Savari. Like, oh my God. pre-American beauty Mina Savari. Um, like, it's just, like, the cast is like amazing and and one of the things that I wanted I, I, I wish that I would have asked would have been like were they just all your friends just like and you just decided one day like let's do a movie or like how did all of these wonderful humans come together it was it was yeah like it was it was so good and I have like there's two other movies that are sort of it's not like a trilogy but it's sort of wrapped up nowhere is okay. wrapped up with everything fucking sucks and doom patrol okay um same director and, okay. and so i was like okay well now i need to find those and watch them and of course it was i mean yeah there's polyamorous couples there's aliens there's <laughs> drugs uh, there's other bad things. Okay. I, yeah, okay. Like, okay. It's so good, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so coming soon on DVD. Yes. Or Blu-ray or, or 4K something, or whatever. Whatever the it is. is. Digital, I don't even know, but yeah, like it's nowhere. Nowhere. Awesome. I I might. I think I might have that one on my schedule for later in the festival. Okay. Nice. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, I saw Cobweb in that spot. Ooh. So Cobweb is a Korean. Ah, oh, how to describe it? It's by uh, the same director as Age of Shadows, which is a spy movie I really love, um, and I believe it was nominated for Best Foreign Picture Oscar the year it came out. But this one is Cobweb, and it's very different. Okay. <laughs> um, it is kind of this very. Um, imagine noises off, mm-hmm. not not quite as screwball as that, right. but still very funny. But it's on a movie set, okay. And so it is that there's this aging director who is kind of a hack. Uh, he was once like the main assistant to this like legendary kind of Kurosawa like director yeah. who uh, is no longer around and is not first explained. It's just, he, yeah, he's, he's just, in the past, he's yeah. dead. Um, and so this director is still trying to reclaim um, some sort of, he's trying to find a masterpiece rather than just kind of doing hack work. And he has just- To really just, make his mark. To really make his mark. And he, he wants, he wants to, be great. Yeah. Make something truly great. As everyone great. does. Yeah. And uh, he just wrapped a movie. And uh, he goes home and he goes, he just has this realization that if he changes a significant portion of the ending of the script, it would be amazing. And so he, there, there is this whole rigmarole trying to, uh, delay the the set being turned down, torn down, and convincing the censors to let them change the the. Um, oh, this is set in the 70s in, in oh, South Korea. Okay. And so they're uh, convincing the censors to accept the new script mm. and uh, getting the producers to go in line with it and getting everybody back. And they have two days 
to reshoot a uh, significant por- portion of the movie. Okay. And it is a hoot. <laughs> it's very funny, but also it's got a good emotional core to it. It's okay. uh, it's it's really really fun. I really like nice. it. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of those fun oh little God, uh, so you know backstage comedy little bit of drama but mostly comedy and, yeah. and stuff but also there's the movie in the movie you get yeah. to see the results of their shots and Ooh. yeah what works and what doesn't and there are some just lovely little things about it that I don't want to spoil nice. so yeah really super fun um, I, it's one of my favorites of the festival so far awesome. it's a good one it's a good one so we now move to the final time slot, the midnight slot. Yes. And I believe you had zombies, right? Yes. Um, we, uh, we Are Zombies? We Are Zombies okay. is the film um, by the uh, directed and produced by the Canadian trio uh, RKSS. Yes. Yes, RKSS. Because yes. I always try to say KRSS, but that's wrong because it's yes. RKSS. Yes. Um, the and, folks behind Turbo Kid. And probably Summer of 84. Summer of 84, yeah. yes. Um, so, neither of which of those films I have seen. Right. Um, and so, I was 100% going into this blind, um, and one of our friends was like, oh, the thing that you need to know about RKSS is they are graphic and gory and somehow just wholesome yeah. as all get out. Yeah. And I was just like, that makes me so excited. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, Like I want to see what this looks like. Then. Yeah. Um, but so it is the uh, the undead have reanimated after after you die you still continue living and yeah. you know there's groups of people that are ensuring that the um, non-living still have rights okay, um, okay. And, and different things along that lines uh, and there is a corporation who is in charge in some aspects and mm-hmm. Are they good? Are they bad? You don't really know. You find out in the end. Um, but it, yeah, like it's, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, like um, there, there, there's this like one, one zombie, what like one of the little subplots is finding this actress, you know, and she's long gone unfortunately not even a zombie anymore um but there is a zilf which is zombie i'd like to um, oh god yeah oh no oh boy yeah uh there there is a whole industry around zilfs in this universe oh no oh no um oh god but so she is a spitting image of this previous actress uh-huh. and and so part of it is this this trio of friends um need to find her um and you learn that one of the gentlemen is a long-term virtual customer oh boy <laughs> oh boy and so there's this whole like little bit of oh this is your first time here but because you're such a long-term customer mm-hmm. here's all of the things that you get as our thank yous for finally coming in to be in person oh and my it's god just like one of those and this and this and this and this wow <laughs> <laughs> amazing <sighs> but like yes i mean it's it is not for children Mm-mm. 
Um, Their work usually isn't. Yeah, and but like, just I mean, it is. It is. It is absolutely wonderful. It is very gory. It is very bloody, and just wholesome as a motherfucker. So good midnight slot. Yes. Oh, excellent. Like, yes. Like, because yeah. like it was fun. It was funny. Like it kept you engaged. It kept you laughing. Like there are some midnight slots where it just sort of like. I don't want to fall asleep, but mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah, that was not it. Yeah, Th- that was definitely that's not awesome. It, so, I had, I had a really good one last oh, night too for my more. last slot. I had Sacrifice Game. Oh, yeah, which is a new one from Jen Wexler, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, oh, catch that one. It's on my the list second, for the second, second half. half. Do it, do it, do it. So it is the the setup is there is a. You start right out with a uh, home invasion perpetrated by four people who are Satanists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's right there in the title. Sacrifice. Hail Satan. Uh, So, so yeah, it's like three guys and a woman. It's set in the, in like the early 80s, like the 70s stuff is still around. But, you know, like everybody has all the dark brown wood stuff in their homes. Yeah. Um, So about that era. And then... um, the other half of the setup is there. Uh, there is a nearby girls' school, mm. a little private school, uh, for like young teenage, young teenagers, and um, everybody's going away for Christmas. This is set at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, oh, yes. and and so everybody's going away for Christmas. But there are two girls stuck at the dorm over Christmas. Of course. Because um, there's always at least. Yeah, there's there's one who's like the the. The weird goth girl who keeps to herself doesn't talk to yeah. anybody, and the other one is has just been kind of dumped by her stepfather, yeah. and and she doesn't know how to handle it. Right. And so there are two people staying over the holidays with them: it, one of the teachers and one of the guys who. Maybe like uh, a caretaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the teacher and the caretaker are are dating each other, so oh. they have a relationship. Okay. And they're very sweet. They're very sweet people. Nice. And um, so everybody's there is uh, like starting to cook the Christmas meal. It's Christmas Eve. Yes. Trying to make the best of their situation, and the home invaders come to the school. Oh. And from there. You think you know where it's going, mm. but by gum you do not. Okay. And it it is great. It is really, really, really fun. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the two teen girls um, are super well cast. They're in that. They're not the like twenty year olds playing sixteen year olds. They're girls. Okay. They're girls, and they found some very good actresses for those roles. Wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, everybody is giving their all. It is really fun and uh, great ending. <laughs> yeah, it sticks the landing real well. It's really good. So, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was my fun time last night. Good, and then midnight, we, mo- good, good midnight movie. Yeah. And then we uh, went out to a party for until, like, 3.30 in the morning. Yep. Because that's what you do in That's what you do. Austin. Yeah. Yeah, we wound up talking a lot with the Sacrifice Game folks yeah. at the party. Yeah. That was super they, fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
good folks. Good folks. It, it was interesting because they were um, one of one of the guys that was in We Are Zombies yeah. is in the Sacrifice game. Yes. And yes. so, because like one of the guys that I were talking and he was like, oh yeah. That the person who was that in in the movie you saw is in our movie and plays kind of like this character. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, I like oh, that crossover. Yeah. Yay! And he was talking about the fact that he's just like a wonderful, caring, gentle human being. He was like, his characters maybe don't portray him as such, but he's just really just wonderful. And I was like, oh, yay! I love to hear that. Yay! Uh, yeah. Yay! So, dear listeners, that can. Includes day three <laughs> yeah. of a fantastic fest this year, 2023. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to wrap up right now, and we will talk at you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we will, uh, you will hear us then. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. God, I'm so awkward at that. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Thank you.